Have you ever met those people that seem to just, uh, they have it all together? Like they're the studs of the world in basically everything they do, right? They're not only good looking, but they're really smart. They're not only really smart, but they're good with people. Everybody loves them. On top of that, they're always in a good mood. Everything they do is just great. And when you're talking to them, they make you feel like you're really important too. Do you know like any of these type of people? Don't you hate them? <clears throat> Seriously, I mean, there's, <laughs> I don't know if it's just because of my competitive nature or something, but I love competition. Right? And when I meet these people, it drives me to be more, but probably usually in the wrong way. Competition is dangerous. But it can also be a good thing. I like competing. I like winning. Ask the kids in the school over there during recess or gym. I love it. I love to win. And my, my brother and I are terrible at this when we get together because we're extremely competitive when we get together. Like we had, about three or four years ago, we went on vacation and we were snowboarding in the mountains. And we got to the top of the lift. We were strapping into our boards. We got ready. And uh, he's like, hey, I bet I can beat you down the hill. And I'm like, just can we not do this? Can we just have a normal vacation? Can we just have some fun? And he's like, fine. I mean, if you know you're going to lose, just say so, you know? And I'm like, look, man, you are not going to beat me. <clears throat> and he's like, well, let's race. I'm like, I'm not racing you. And so we both like stand up, getting ready to go down. And he's like, sure you don't want to race? I'm like, yes. And he's like, all right, fine. Boom, pushes me over and just bombs it. And he's yelling as he takes off. He's like, last one to the bottom has to buy the beers. Now. Me as a growing adult, of course, I stood up and very leisurely went down the hill. Right? Wrong. I went, I think I broke my own speed record. We both had an app on our phones, and it just, you hit start and it kind of records the whole day. During that race, I hit 57 miles an hour. That is just stupid. All in the name of winning. Right? And it wasn't like I just wanted to win. It's like I wanted to stand over him and say, I'm better than you at everything. That's bad stuff, man. That's competition. And even in the midst of competition, right, we can get involved in what's called comparison. And oftentimes, competition and comparison go together. And they're all over the readings for today. James, you know, he's, in his second reading, he says, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist... There is disorder in every foul practice. Right? What is selfish ambition? Right? It's competition. And what is jealousy? It's comparison. And the, the apostles are going through it in the gospel too. They're fighting with one another. They're in competition. Who's better than who? And Jesus pulls them aside and says, look, competition is not a bad thing. But you need to start competing for who is the greatest servant of all. Who's willing to be last? Who's willing to love more? He's trying to turn their hearts to compete correctly. But they're always trying to outdo them each other. I don't know about you, but I find myself doing this. It's, not longer, it's no longer about just trying hard. It's no longer about doing well. It's good. I got to be better than this person. And when the other person is better than me, I hate it. The ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle said, comparisons are hateful. 
Comparisons are hateful. They destroy friendships. They destroy people. And the crazy part is they really don't make you feel any better. It just ruins everything. And St. Thomas Aquinas, what we're talking about here, what I'm talking about, is the deadly sin of envy. And envy properly defined is, when somebody succeeds, I am saddened. And when somebody fails, I am delighted. That's the true nature of envy. And Thomas Aquinas says it's the dumbest of all the sins. He said at least with gluttony you get something, right? Like, if I eat a whole pizza, I get the joy of eating the pizza. I mean, I feel like garbage afterwards, but it's amazing while I'm eating it. He said with envy, you don't get anything. If I'm envious of your talents, and I hate you because of them, I don't get your talents, and I don't feel good because I don't like you. There is no pleasure that comes from envy. And that's why Thomas calls it the dumbest of all the sins. I don't know if you guys know this, because we all do it. We all do envy, right? But when I was first ordained, I got assigned to St. Mary's High School in 2007. And I had to follow as chaplain Monsignor James Shea. Now, for those of you that know Monsignor Shea, he's, he's everything. I mean, the guy is a great teacher. He's a genius. He's an incredible preacher. He's fun. He cares about you. He's like basically everybody I was talking about when I started the homily, right? He's just a good guy and a good priest. And I remember like when I came in, when I got there, people, they, they, they said they were happy I was there and that I would never be as good as Monsignor Shea. And what was so irritating is they said it so nicely. They were like, oh, Father Waltz, we've heard great things about you. You're going to be such a great priest here. But you'll never be as good as Monsignor Shea. You have big shoes to fill, Father Waltz. Did you know he was the best preacher? Yeah, I did. I did. I did did know that. Did you know that I preach? I do that too. Monsignor Shea isn't the only preacher in this world, right? And I remember it just kept going and going and going for like... The entire year. And you know what began to happen? I began to really dislike Monsignor Shea. Which is so stupid and bizarre. He did nothing to me. Nothing. In fact, the reason I didn't like him is because he was a good priest. And did a great job at St. Mary's High School. And I knew if I kept staying caught up in this competition and this comparison, I knew if I didn't do something, it would ruin my relationship with him. And on top of that, it would spoil my time at the school because I would just be living in his shadow and trying to outdo him. And I would never be me. I think we're always looking for something else instead of what we've been given. Always in competition, always in comparison, and never living our lives, our gifts, and being grateful for those things. And getting caught up in all of this worldly competition, we miss life. I don't know if you ever heard this story, I just heard this this last week, it was kind of funny. This guy's out fishing, right? And his buddy from work comes by and he's like, hey John, why are you fishing? You should be working. And he's like, because I like fishing. 
And he's like, yeah, but why aren't you working? And he's like, why would I work? And he's like, so you can get overtime. Why do I want overtime? So you get more money. Why do I want more money? So you can retire earlier. Why do I want to retire earlier? Well, once you retire with more money, you can do whatever you want. And if you could do whatever you want, John, what would you do? He said, I'd go fishing. You see, he's doing the thing that he loves. He's not caught up in all the competition of the working space and all the comparison. He's just living life. And you and I, we get caught up in this all the time. We're always chasing this thing. We're not living our lives. What I had to do when I was at that high school is I had to look at this guy and say, you know what? He's incredibly talented. And that's a good thing. But I've got talents too. I've got gifts too. And I got up and I gave a homily to the whole school. And the parents were all there and I said, you know what? A lot of people have said to me, I got really big shoes to fill. Here's the reality, folks. Monsignor Shea is a size 13. I'm a size 9. I ain't filling his shoes. But that's okay. Because he's him and I'm me. And when I finally let go of that, I kind of brought my own style to my ministry at the high school. And for the record, I just want to share this with everybody. okay? Because after the 4 p.m. last night, I'm standing out greeting people and people are like, we just want you to know, Father, we like you a lot more than Monsignor Shea. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't, I, Monsignor Shea and I are very good friends. He's a champion. I, what he's done at University of Mary is amazing. What he did at St. Mary's High School is amazing. He's a good priest. I don't need to be like, you know, my ego built up. I'm okay, okay? Just want to clear that up. But when we finally make those decisions, and we can be free of comparison and competition, then we're truly free. You see, because the world, this is the beauty of Christianity, because the world says you got to be the best no matter what and no matter who you hurt. Christianity says, be the best. Be the best version of you. And that'll change the world. You be the best version of you. You don't have to outdo everybody. And when you try to be the best version of yourself, you don't take away anything from anyone else. So a couple questions to think about. Can you imagine being happy that someone is better than you? Especially the thing that you're good at. If not, why not? Do you think you have to prove something? Do you think that if you're better than somebody that you're worth more than they are? Can you be corrected? Or how well do you take correction? And for married people, how well do you take correction from your spouse? Are you the kind of person that can laugh at yourself and be happy in another person's success? Not even be happy, but actually like take delight in it. Can you recognize talents in other people and be grateful for their talents and not want them for yourself? I want to give you two things, just a little bit of practical advice, because a lot of times we're good at diagnosing the problem. Here's two things you can do to overcome competition and comparison in your own life. Two virtues that we need to practice. Gratitude and admiration. Gratitude to get over the envy stuff. And the way you do that is each night before you go to bed, as you're laying in bed, just think of 20 things you're grateful for. That's it. Super simple things. 
I have a car, I have a house, I have heat, I have air conditioning, I have a family, I have money, I have a job, I have education, I can walk, I can eat, I have hair, I, I'm done. Good night, thank you Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That, it's as easy as that because what, what it does is it cultivates gratitude in your heart and grateful people are the best people. They're the best people. And second is admiration to move against this competition and comparison thing. Go out of your way to admire those people that you struggle with the most. That bother you the most. And most of all, bring it here. Whatever it is, you can be done with it today. Bring it here. Give it to Jesus and ask him for help. Help not to be the best no matter what, to, to be the best to, no matter who you stomp on, but to be the best version of yourself. Because that type of help he will give. Because that is the help that will help us all be saints.